they added like a lot of verticality to uh, to the to the Look environment. At that word. Yeah. Verticality. Yeah, like there were, yeah, there were like these like little Ewok style like trees. I'm definitely talking to Scott, not Ash, right now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm and I'm so tired too. And, uh, <laughs> All right, welcome to Rated NA, the podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. This is episode number 211. Holy I'm, smokes. I know, right? That's a lot. Yeah. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Scott. And that's it today, just the two of I us. Know. But hey, I'm here. I feel like I have somehow weirdly become the constant, and I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Like the constant as in from Lost? <laughs> Wait, you have like, to, are I, don't, you, I didn't watch Lost, so you have to explain that one too. What's the constant from oh, Lost? Well, see, there's a there's an episode called The Constant where Faraday's character, Faraday, uh, is kind of like freaking out about time and space. And he he basically needs a constant in his life to sort of maintain his sanity. Mm. And I, I think The Constant turned out to be uh, Desmond. Mm. Who, uh, yeah. So, and you know a lot about Lost, so obviously he was the guy yeah. who um, catapulted himself into a gigantic pie and then uh, did uh, hoverboard tricks for the rest of the uh, the lost crew on the island. He could what actually man. hoverboard on water. I would have watched that show that you just described. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that some weird religious allegory at the end of it. Like, did he hoverboard for for Jesus or something, or did he? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Did he, he just, just hoverboard like, it. Yeah. Yeah. He was just like, see you in another pie, brother. <laughs> that was his. That was his catchphrase. That was his catchphrase. That's an yeah. incredible catchphrase. Yeah. I mean, I, it's been a while since I've seen Lost, but I think I've I've summed it up pretty accurately. Oh, well, that's amazing! I yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. If I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> do you like that? I do. I'm trying to right. trying to get through the the ad read, and I can't do it. It's not going to happen. Yep. All right. Do you like how we switcherooed the ad read on you? We don't care anymore about what your rules are. No, that's fine. I, I heard all of that, and good. I, I I don't disagree. I whatever whatever feels right, you know. <laughs> well, you know what feels right. What's that? Loot Crate feels right. Oh, there you go. Loot Crate's a monthly subscription service where you can get a box full of uh, nerdy things in the mail, like shirts and and uh, toys and uh, exclusive comics and a uh, bunch of other neat things at any one point in time. I actually used my Game of Thrones USB drive that I received from them. Although oh, it, was House, it was House Lannister, and I didn't really know how to feel about that. Like That doesn't feel like one that you want to flash around Look at my house, Lannister flash yeah. drive. I keep my terrible incest on it. Um, <laughs> what? Wow. I don't. I don't. For the record, I don't have any incest on that USB drive. There you uh, go. So this month, <laughs> sorry, loot crate. This month's crate is villains two, uh, and it's going to be awesome. And that's all we really know. We we talked about the villains one box a little before. We got Deadpool socks and a bunch of other neat things. Uh, this one's a follow up. You're gonna get some more Joker, probably some more awesome villains from all over the nerdy universe. Uh, and if you head over to lootcrate.com/ratedna and use the ratedna code, you'll get ten percent off your order and uh, help out the podcast. And we always thank Loot Crate for being awesome and supporting us. Cool. So now am I supposed to talk about what we're going to do this week? Sure. Let's do the rundown. 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 Rundown.
Okay, so um, I haven't been on the show in a while, so uh, I will probably talk extensively about all of the things that I've been doing. And then, uh, let's see, Gamescom is happening this week. Uh-huh. And uh, Ash is actually at Gamescom, and that's why he's not on the show. Correct. So kudos to him. That's super awesome for him to to go there and be a part of that. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that, including some news about Dragon Age and uh, a Deadpool trailer just dropped, yeah. which is pretty cool. And then looks like you want to talk about Nemesis games a little bit. I do. Hopefully in a way that doesn't... Uh, I will I'm, not I'm spoil, like a, I promise. I will not spoil... Yeah. I, won't, I will I, attempt to review this book without spoiling any of the previous books. That's awesome. I, I saw a little chatter on Twitter between you and uh, uh, some of our pals, and yeah. I'm, I'm like a book and a half behind you. I'm halfway through... Oh, are you? You're on three? Halfway through... Yeah, what's the what's the Three no? Is a, are you on no, no, four? No. Four, yeah. So you're 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 oh book and a half behind because I finished Nemesis games. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah so so four is uh, I always want to say Caliban's War, but that's three. That's three. It's um. Four is uh, uh oh crap! It just hit me. Uh, it's hard to keep track of these titles. They're good though. Ill, yeah, they're ill something. Mm-hmm. Or is that the planet mm, Ilium? That's the planet. Ilium yeah, planet. that no, that's the planet. We're gonna uh, we're gonna suss this out, and then I'm gonna edit out all this awkwardness. Sibylla burn. Sibylla burn. You know what? I'm glad you use the word "sus" because I use that word with my wife all the time, and she hates it. She really she claims she claims it's not a real word, and I think that maybe maybe it's because she's a northerner. Maybe yeah. that's something we say in the south. Um, not that we're not that we're that kind of south, but we are. From I the southern to half, that, that we are we are south of the south, but we still pick up a bunch of weird southern things because of yeah, that. Some of that stuff makes it down, including the word "sus." And sus she, is a she, great word. Yeah, I think maybe she says I'm not using it right. And although you know, we were watching, um, we're rewatching Firefly, and and Mal said the word "sus," and I was like, "Ha ha! See, right there, <laughs> there it is." I don't know that right we're there. totally using it right. I think we use it more as like, a, we're going to figure this thing out kind of thing. Yeah, I know? think that's how he used it, though. Is it? Okay. Yeah, Maybe yeah, I think we're okay. All right. I prob- I, I've used it other ways, and which makes it worse, but that's we, uh, we digress, I suppose. Huh. I feel like I yeah. have to leave all of that in now, even us sussing out the title of that book, because otherwise no, that's, that yeah. chatter will make no sense. Yeah, that's fine. This you know, People really need to know what goes on behind the scenes at... At rated NA. <laughs> what have you been impor- up to, Scott? Oh my God, um, it's it's kind of funny because I'm going to talk about things that I've been doing, mm-hmm. and they're all going to be things, for the most part, that are not current in any way whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, you know, to my credit, I'm still trying to get caught up, right? Because I have a I have a kid at home, so yeah. it's yeah. I feel like being able to do anything at this point is a, a major accomplishment. So, win. yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm in LA right now attending a conference for work, presenting cool. some research. Um, but I was able to take a, a plane flight over here. And uh, what was really funny about it is that I flew on Delta, right? And when you fly across the country uh, on these major carriers, they have movie selections, right? They do. Delta's and I have free ones too, a lot of free ones. They do, yeah, yeah. And I, But the plane I flew on was the one where they had the shared monitors in the middle of the aisle. Oh, yeah, so I pulled out the old uh, Delta in-flight magazine. I was like, oh, I wonder what you know what entertainment's going to be available for this flight. So I'm flipping through the guide, and I see, uh, you know, I'm reading down through the list, and I go, um, let's see, traveling eastward is Tomorrowland. And I was like, oh, cool. 
And then I, I read it further, and it said, you know, traveling westward, uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop Two. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is not fair. This is not fair in any way whatsoever. Are you flying like American back too? So you're never gonna get to see Tomorrowland. Uh, I'm flying Virgin back, which I've never oh, flown. I haven't so. either. I'm flying that to Seattle for PAX. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to do that. But um, yeah, I was very disappointed that I didn't get to see Tomorrowland. <laughs> but um, like you said, they do have some free free movies available to watch. So on the flight over, I watched Gravity finally. Uh. Which is uh, fantastic. Have you seen Gravity? I never saw it because it was like I wanted to see it in the theater. We never did. And then I just ended up not watching it. I think it's on like Netflix now oh, or something. For sure. Yeah, it's got to be, right? It's old. Yeah, but it's, um, I feel like it's so great because it's exactly what it intended to be and like nothing more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in, we, we live in a world now where like even the most like mundane of plot is, you know, over two hours long. Right. And you're like, why is this movie two hours and 15 minutes long? Like it doesn't, it doesn't need to be. And this was like 90 minutes of just like awesomeness. Speaking of this, not to, to interject or to interject, but not to. Yeah. Uh, did you see JJ Abrams got asked the question, like how long Star Wars would be? I did not. What did he say? And, uh, you know, they were like, oh, he, he made it. He cracked a joke that it'd be somewhere between an hour and four hours, I believe is what his answer was yeah that's smart and, and they were like they were like oh and he's like he said uh 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 director of um i am famously great with names the director of uh lord of the rings what's up peter jackson oh peter jackson yeah i think it was peter jackson it was either peter jackson or the guy who did oh boy but i want to say peter jackson it was peter jackson he's like yeah peter jackson called and said he wants a four-hour version so we're gonna cut a peter jackson edit of the movie that's four hours long just for him that's fantastic <laughs> I was like, all right. It was either a joke on Peter Jackson or, or just a. He was in a jokey mood, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, he's a pretty clever guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. for what it's worth. Um, and so speaking of uh, that was longer a terrible than two, story to interject. interject that's with that. no, that's I apologize. fine. No, that's that's why we're here. It's I've I've not, been away too long. Not just to you, but to everyone. I apologize. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of uh, you know, movies that are longer than two hours and yeah. probably shouldn't be, I saw Jupiter Ascending. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's um, a how did this get made about that already? And it's amazing to listen to that. You know, man, uh, I just, I have a, co- there's a couple of things, right? Yeah. I, I basically, I've, I watched the first half of the movie with my wife and we could not finish the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, she couldn't even follow it to be honest with you. And then, <laughs> you no, know, so I watched, I rewatched the first half on the plane, you know, as well as the second half uh-huh. of the movie. And it's really unfortunate because you can see that they're working towards something. And sure. uh, for, for what it's worth, you know, the, the Wachowskis do some really spectacular, like, fighting scenes oh, and action sequences. No doubt. Yeah. Like, if that film was just a supercut of all of the action scenes from and, the movie, and their it CG would be amazing. work is, is jaw-dropping. Yes. The stuff that they do with CG is, is mind-blowing. Like, I don't even yes. understand how they put it together. Right. So Story, all of that, on the other hand, you know. Yeah. Didn't make a ton of sense. And then I think the other thing that once I once I thought about it a little bit kind of got on my nerves is that, you know, uh, we're sort of in this movie genre of, um, these characters that are like sort of like picked up from nothing and become these like very powerful, uh, characters like, you know, like your, uh, hunger games and right. insurgent and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, like watching the movie, like I don't really know what Jupiter ascended to in the film because <laughs> she kind of gets like manipulated and pushed around right. throughout the, 
throughout like a majority of the movie and really like doesn't do a lot of like standing up for herself for our audience though i'd really like you to encapsulate the plot of jupiter ascending as best oh my god i feel like i'm going to tell the story that i told for lost except i'm going to be serious about it (laughs) because it's still like there's an air surfing werewolf right yeah well i mean like uh (laughs) channing tatum is like a he's like a half human half like hound like half dog species or something and he is sent to recover uh jupiter who is like living a life of uh uh poverty sort of a cinderella situation yeah like a cinderella story and um you know what the meta story is is that there are like uh humans that basically span the universe and they uh, I'm I'm going to spoil this movie for anyone. I don't know. I don't think you are. Does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> um, so there are humans that have basically colonized all of these planets and they, the powerful families colonize the planets for purposing purposes of harvesting uh, humans, mm-hmm. which is apparently a theme with the Wachowskis now. And they harvest these humans in order to take their skin or their DNA or whatever and turn that into some sort of formula that can uh, be like an elixir of life allowing like the most privileged of people to live like for thousands of years. Right. And so it turns out that, uh, when somebody's genetic signature, uh, matches that of someone that came before them, they basically call that the reincarnation of that person. So it turns out that Jupiter is the reincarnation of the mother of these like three (laughs) siblings that are fighting over these planets. And so like, she basically is, she owns the earth according to this weird, power structure of of this like elite human you know universe spanning culture Uh and so uh basically all the three siblings are fighting over her in order to inherit the earth and she uh owns the earth and they want it i i guess that's i don't know that's as far as i could get with that (laughs) and channing tatum was like no um the only thing i will say about her what maybe something they did right with her character is that she uh, throughout the film seems to be control in control of her own uh, like romantic decisions. So she's right. not like, I mean, while they do make her sort of the damsel in distress, she's very strong in the area of like, I like you and I like you and like, this is the, you, the, you're the person I want to be with and so on. So uh, it's not like um, she's like fawning over people. She's just like, I choose you and like, you can either get with that or, you know, right. or not. So, right. so you love it. Uh, I'm just way up. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just, I, I had to finish it because I saw half of it. But, right. uh, um, I feel like it could have been so much more. I feel like there was a lot of potential there and it just sort of fell flat. Um, I also saw The Kingsman. That, on the other hand. I did like that movie. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize who directed the movie. I thought it was a... Um, uh, Edgar Wright. What's, I, I know it was Edgar Wright, but I thought it was the other guy. The director, he like dated Madonna for a while. Oh, you thought it was? Uh, he's got a new one coming out, Man from Uncle. Um, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah, uh, that guy, uh, Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. I thought it was a Guy Ritchie film, judging by sort of the subject matter and the way it was shot. But like, man, it was it was just like a fun movie with a lot of really great cinematography. The Kingsman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that was Matthew yeah. Vaughn, by the way. It was it was not Edgar Wright? That's why. I said oh, I thought Edgar it was. Wright. Oh, anyways, no, no, no. Matthew Vaughn was who did Kick Ass. And... Kick Ass, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I, I really enjoyed that film. Yeah, I and thought it had a great sense of humor, and it was shot super well. The action scenes were fantastic. Like it self-referential was, too, which yeah. I always, always appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was good. And you know, although Sam Jackson is in everything, like he <laughs> is still good. He's like <laughs> sort of a unique character in that one, at least. Like it, it's not, you know. Yeah, he's not. He is to an extent badass Sam Jackson, but he's not badass Sam Jackson. You know, like he he kind of yeah. he's a goof somewhat. Yeah, and you know, as someone who is a super fan of Bond films, I really feel like they did a proper treatment of the genre, like right. while sort of like acknowledging that these other things exist. I thought that was really smart. Yeah, I thought that was great. I thought they did a really good job of that. Yeah, they built up sort of like this this uh, this whole narrative around their existence that I thought was really clever too, which was really cool. Um, I finished True Detective season one. I still I can't. You can't know. I watched it like because my wife really liked it and it's not something that I would normally watch. Yeah. But after a couple of episodes, I kind of like got into it. Like I've heard it's gorgeous. I get it. Like I've heard mm-hmm. it's gorgeous and it's, it's interesting, you know, and it's worth following. I just don't like the two lead actors like at all. Oh, I'm really okay. not a fan of Woody Harrelson or, or Matthew McConaughey. Like, yeah, I liked Woody fine. Harrelson. I can, I can enjoy them in roles like one at a time feasibly but two of them together just makes me feel like i'm gonna drag my eyes out or something yeah matthew mcconaughey sort of grew on me throughout the throughout the series how how many episodes did you watch season one i think i watched like half of the i didn't give it a chance at all i literally Uh, looked at it was like kind of like ash and house of cards where he was like no and just although he's watched it since so maybe i see yeah but there was one episode in particular, I think somewhere in the middle of the series, there was like one scene in particular that I thought was really spectacular. Yeah. Kind of like sold me on the series. I really feel like overall watching the whole thing, like the plot of the series and the way that uh, the series spends a lot of time talking about like the the characters' backstories and not necessarily the crime that they're trying to solve, mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of like a video game, like the way that the everything oh, unfolds sure. like over the episodes, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I thought was kind of interesting. No, I kept I, I mean, I've heard everything about it. It would be something I enjoy. It's just one of those like, God, can I do those two actors for 12 hours of yeah. TV? I don't know. I also and had the I, benefit. I started of- the second season because I was like, oh, you know, these are different actors. Everybody loves it. And mm-hmm. Good mm-hmm. Lord, that is not good TV. I'm, I'm yeah. sure some people like it. I think it's terrible. Like it, I've only watched an episode so i'm not so fucking boring it just like nothing (laughs) happens and it's just stupid and it's like i think it's it's kind of like the same phenomena of like birdemic is an amazing first movie when you watch it you know because you're like oh my god this is so bad you know it doesn't it's unaware of how bad it is and i feel like the first season of true detective was very good but still yet unaware that it was as good as it was you know oh and then you have to live up to something and then right? the second season's all like oh we get what people like you know like yeah, we already yeah, know yeah. what we need to give you and then it ends up just being this sort of like fake version of itself that they're just trying to like jam itself up its own ass kind of thing and i mm. i just watched it and ryan was arguing that it was good and i kept telling him i'm like look man it's fine that you like it but i think you're giving it more credit because you liked the first season a lot and you feel like this could go somewhere and i'm telling you right now as somebody who didn't watch the first season this is a terrible television show. Like <laughs> yeah. it is not good, you know. Well, see, I I have the opposite problem where like I kind of liked the the actors in the first series and I don't really care for the ones in the second. Oh, you don't season. like Colin Farrell and uh Farrell, right? Colin. Yeah, Farrell and, and Vince uh, Vaughn, Vince like Vaughn. I don't Yeah, I I do not care for the for the yeah. two of them. So, but I'm yeah. I'm trying to hang with it. And yeah. uh uh the the other thing about the True Detective is that I was able to watch it sort of like in a hype vacuum 
you yeah. know, because it was already over, so sure. we were just kind of watching it, which was nice. Um, very quickly, uh, I, I'm also watching Astronaut Wives Club just because uh, it's a period yeah. piece, and I, I'm kind of like into that period what of time. What was that on? It's on ABC. Oh, is it? It's just an ABC yeah, I, show? Yeah, I basically watched it because I thought Agent Carter was a really good period piece and i was like well you know astronaut wives club focuses on like the space race and space age yeah stuff and i you know obviously i'd be really into all the design and furniture and stuff like that and then it just kind of turns out that their perspective on everything that happened during that time is really fascinating so that's cool it's like one of those short run 10 episode series and um uh yvonne stravorsky from uh from chuck is like one of the lead actresses in it and she's just got like the craziest, uh, you know, '60s accent in the show. Uh, kind of like Australian, right? What is she? Or she has an accent uh, in I, real life, doesn't she? I I do not know, but her her accent in the series is spot on. Uh, yeah, sort Australian. Of, she's Australian. Sort of in a non ridiculous uh, fish mooney kind of way, you know. <laughs> uh, for you know, appropriate for its time, if you right. will. Right. Yeah. And uh, as far as games go, I haven't had a lot of time, but I played through Limbo because it was a Games with Gold title that came to Xbox One. Ah. Um, I finished uh, Lifeless Planet, which was a sort of like a shorter, like arcade style title that was on Xbox One that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the, part of the reason I played that is because I also wanted to start listening to The Martian, <laughs> which is like <laughs> something I'm doing now. And um, finally, I, I'm playing casually uh the last game that came out for games with gold which was so many me which is a puzzle platformer yeah, i saw that i wasn't sure if i would enjoy it or not so i did not it's a puzzle it. platformer i mean like what isn't these days but yeah um it's just something that i play because i can play it in short bursts and it's right. uh right. it's like low stress low stress environments so i don't know i think that's pretty much a lot for me <laughs> that's uh, all right you've been gone so yeah so so what's what's going on with you man uh, I've been listening to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, haven't played much since Batman. I actually weirdly, um, so I've been continuing Batman. If you listen to last episode, if you listen to the whole thing, mm-hmm. then you heard Ash and I um, talk about heard, Batman. Tell me something. I've heard a lot about some weird gameplay mechanics with the car, and like maybe you having to escort it around. Oh, uh, there's a mechanic in the puzzles where you get so you have the ability to remote control your car okay and there's in the puzzles and in a couple of the um like city fighting missions you have to kind of like put yourself somewhere and then remote control the car to do something for you um and you know is it it like too much is it like over the top i actually didn't mind that part of it uh the car part that gets tedious is is when it's tank mode like they force you into the, they force you into two things, which neither one make any sense for Batman, which is why it feels weird. And the one is tank mode, which is the car literally like transforms into basically a, a literal tank and has, you know, like the huge 60 millimeter cannon on top. And these, is that a thing that actually happens in the Batman universe? I don't know of it, but I admittedly haven't, I mean, I haven't read Batman in a few years. Okay, sure. <laughs> so maybe they introduced it somehow. The car otherwise looks exactly like the one from the Nolan movie. Okay. Um, but it but it turns into a tank. Um, and so they force you into the tank mode a bunch to fight other tanks, uh, which isn't terrible until you start to get very good at it, and then it just becomes very boring, and then they force you into it a lot, and you're just like, oh, God. It's like the same maneuver over and over, essentially. Oh, got it. And, but then there's a second version of tank that you'll fight that you, you have to, like, stealth around in your 
tank car <laughs> so that they okay. don't notice you and then sneak up behind them and shoot a missile at them. But it's very, it's very weird. It, it just doesn't feel right. And like, none of it feels like Batman. And like, it, it would make more sense if like you could stealth around in the car and then like jump out and go sabotage the tank or something. And like, if there was more action to it as Batman, yeah. it would maybe make more sense, but just, it comes off very like forced and kind of, I boring. thought what people liked about Batman was the ability to seamlessly fly around the city and then get yeah. into some really great hand to hand combat yeah, sequences. Exactly. And that's yeah. still there. I mean, there's still plenty of it, but they like most of the boss stuff that you do gets, you get forced into the tank and like you end up tanking around. And then the other one is like, like, chase scenes in the car which are fun like three times and then when Mm -hmm. you hit like the 10th time that you're either getting chased or chasing somebody you're just kind of like i don't like i'm batman why wouldn't i just like fucking disappear like this is like this is what batman does he just literally would vanish off the face of the road and you would no longer know where he is you know so it just it comes off like it just gets boring it gets a little bit too much like and ash and i kind of hinted at that or didn't hint i think we blatantly said it but we we talked about how like of all the rogues gallery um missions and things that you do like the ones that you're forced into a tank are like 10 to 1 that the ones where you're just batman doing something cool uh bummer so they force you into that just a lot more Mm -hmm. um but I've been driving around now. The only I've hundred percent of the game, with the exception for the Riddler trophy, trophies. <laughs> yeah, which there's only two hundred and forty three of them, so it's not a right. Big deal. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but if you want to complete all of the storylines, you have to hundred percent literally everything. So including the Riddler trophies, there's actually an ending now to that if you complete them all. Oh my god. Yeah. So those games are like so ginormous. Like yeah. Even, the, even like the last one that they made was huge. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah the city city was yeah. great i think city remains my favorite one probably but uh yeah it was fantastic but like geez all the stuff you could do in that game was like yeah. overwhelming yeah it's ridiculous so i but i've been driving around doing the riddler trophies because melissa likes doing the puzzles i hate them with a passion i literally oh, that's cool them. and she enjoys them so i'll drive around and then she'll like help me i'm, I'm an idiot like I cannot, <laughs> I can't solve any of them. What are they? I, are they? They're like verbal riddles or like the um, physical puzzles. So there's, like... there's a set of verbal riddles around, um, which when they work are fine, I guess. But there was a couple that we were doing the right thing and it wasn't working. So oh, where it's like I've clearly got this lined up correctly, and it's like, nope, you sure don't. I just wasn't standing like in the exact pixel perfect place to hit the A button, and like once I yeah. did, it was fine. It was kind of annoying in that way, but there's other ones that are just literal like puzzles. Like you have to shoot a thing here and then guide a thing here and then move this to move that. And like she, she enjoys helping. So I sit there and I just control, I become like literally like a monkey with a remote at that point and just let her yeah. tell me exactly what to do. And I do it. Uh, um, well, that's a win. Yeah. So it's, that, that's fun. And like the game itself is still great. It's, but it's just, yeah, some of the stuff is just a little, a little too much. Um, but when I finished that game, I kind of was like in a, like in a funk. I was like, I wanted to play something, but I didn't, I didn't feel like I had anything in me to play anything. <laughs> like I couldn't figure out what game to play. I almost downloaded uh, Assassin's Creed Four, 
because it's the games of gold right now and yeah and i have it and i was like well maybe i'll just play that but then i was like do i really want to go from batman to assassin's creed no you like, absolutely don't those two games are like more similar than you yeah than probably most people imagine you i know? need something different so i've i i couldn't i didn't figure anything out i played mortal kombat for like three minutes and then stopped playing because i couldn't remember any of the moves and then that's kind of why i like plowing through these like shorter arcade style games like these indie games and stuff yeah. like that you know like you can complete limbo in like two hours or three hours and you can complete um like i i did lifeless planet in probably about uh you know less than 10 hours um you know they're all enjoyable experiences they're just not like those ginormous triple a titles yeah and i feel like i could probably be down for one of those um but i just i just don't know i really just don't know what what you know like it's just one of those like i'm just overwhelmed a little bit and i just don't know what the thing is yeah, I mean, if you I just keep read. downloading the those games, the gold, like, have you been getting them all? Like, you could always play, uh, like, Super Time Force or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, I've been grabbing them when they look interesting, you know, enough. Like, if it's, if it's like, the ninth puzzle platformer, I kind of, like, well, I'm not going to Yeah, I mean, I, I buy, I mean, like, I click buy on everything so that it's at least yeah. in your in your account, you know? Yeah, I That's do really most good. of the time. But there are certain ones that I have just sort of skipped. Um uh, but other than that, I haven't played anything really. I haven't even been playing games on my phone. It's been kind of like a a, a small drought for me gaming wise. I've been reading a ton, like a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. Finished Nemesis games, I guess, relatively quickly. Although I took a break for like a week, and then I picked it back up and started reading on the subway and and finished it like in a week. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. And then I started reading live from New York, the uncens- uncensored history of SNL. Oh, how's that? Um, it's great so far uh i'm very early in it it kind of just seems like here's a list of everybody who hated chevy chase so far um oh my god we'll see how it goes it seems it seems interesting enough Uh, i love comedy i'm a huge nerd for that stuff and and uh so like getting behind the scenes info on this is is something that i think is really cool so i'm excited about that uh and then i finished the kim gordon uh girl in a band biography for sonic youth which was also phenomenal and recommend it. yeah yeah uh, and then I wanted to bring this up just because it's a weird thing and I never talk about it, but in, in my real life, I'm a, I'm a web developer or a programmer and uh, I'm learning a new programming language for the first time and like, I've been doing this for a long time <laughs> and like, yeah. I don't think I've been challenged with learning a new language in like five or six years, which is, it's very weird to try to train. It's like speaking a new language, but like that sounds very familiar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like if you understood all of the concepts of, of like English grammar, but then it was just like, cool. Okay. So now this word means this and switch that word out. And then these other words are different, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, it's really weird, but I built a to-do list which i recommend in the new programming language yeah yeah Yeah. anybody who wants to learn a programming language even if even if you've never done it at all and you want to like learn javascript build a to-do list they're like super simple things that are easy to understand like as a human you know what you know what the interaction is supposed to be and like Mm -hmm. as you build it you can kind of go like oh this doesn't feel right or oh this feels right and it's actually really interesting and i and i'm highly recommending it to anybody and everybody should learn to program because it's it's like a I think it's a useful skill nowadays to to have. You but. can actually, uh, I think, like as far as like that goes, like you're talking about how, um, how like you can build a to do list because you sort of like intrinsically know how it's supposed to work. Right. I think there is some actual research that sort of governs that as far as like mental model literature goes, and I think it's called like 
epistemic games or something like that. It's basically like, it basically talks about how people know how to do things like use to-do lists mm-hmm. and how to look at tables and, you know, a lot of these like common interaction things that we see, Yeah. Uh, you know, everywhere. And I'm not just talking about computers. Like every, we know how to use a list, whether it's like a shopping list or like a yeah. virtual list or exactly. Or, yeah. So that's, I think that's really smart. And I feel like with a to-do list, it probably like also touches on a lot of like the core programming concepts. Of, yeah. Like, Cause it's like you have and to interact and with it and yeah. it's like, you know, sort of a, yeah, like a stack of information. And then there's, there's, there's gotta be an input and that input has to like ultimately end up somewhere. Like all of that stuff is like core to a thing you would build eventually, but mm-hmm. it's also like small and encapsulated enough that you won't get overwhelmed trying to figure out how to build this thing, you know? Yeah. So and then and then like I said once you build it and you're using it just like as a person you already understand like how that works so you can do it and be like oh this is broken or oh this doesn't feel right and go back into your code and kind of fix it up. But it's Yeah, that's uh, super cool. Yeah, yeah, I I really recommend it. And then if anybody's ever trying to learn like I welcome the emails. I'm happy to point you in the place of good tutorials and things like that. Sweet. It's good stuff. Uh and that's about it for me. Do you want to uh you want to talk some news? Let's do the news. 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 Yeah. All right. News. So new news. The first thing is um, uh, the new Deadpool trailer came out. The full trailer uh, was teased on Monday of this week with a trailer for a trailer. Did you? You probably didn't see that, did you? I did not. But this so, I watched this one. It's edgy well we'll talk about that in a second but the okay. trailer for the trailer was actually really funny it was just ryan reynolds you know in in the deadpool costume and uh he was basically basically making a joke about how they made a trailer for the trailer and like that was like it was all kind of like fourth wally kind of uh you know jokey deadpoolish about how they made a trailer for a trailer yeah and that's funny they actually aired this trailer on conan last night um, oh wow okay like on the show and it actually bumped the show's rating to tvma and it was and he made a big deal about how this is the first time conan's show has ever been rated tvma <laughs> like ever any conan show and then yeah and then they did 10 minutes or like a couple minutes where they basically just cussed on mike and flicked off the camera like over and over <laughs> and over again because they could for the episode and it was really funny that's amazing um, and then ryan ryan and reynolds came out they did a bit with him in the deadpool costume like a a pre-tape bit and then they played the trailer uh so you again you're our resident i have not read any of these comics guy Mm -hmm. uh do you know anything about deadpool do you know why this is like a big deal or why the trailer makes it sort of a big deal i i know i honestly don't know a ton about it but my first reaction was i mean because deadpool was in the wolverine movie right uh a character named deadpool was in the wolverine movie yeah I feel like this this Deadpool is more Deadpool than the one that was in the Wolverine movie. Yes. Even, I mean, even though I don't really know anything about it, uh, I feel like maybe this characterization is more accurate. Is it in the trailer? I haven't seen the trailer since last night, but is it in the trailer where he makes a joke about having his mouth sewed shut for the previous movie? Uh, I don't remember that, but he says something about his costume. He's like, don't make it green or animated. Right. Okay. So in the, the trailer for the trailer, he, I think he cracks a joke about how they sewed his mouth shut in the previous movie. Uh, and I then see. in the trailer, they crack green. That's a green lantern joke. And a, and a, uh, uh, 
just a green an animated green outfit is a green lantern joke which was another Mm. ryan reynolds movie so this is all so this is what's neat about this trailer like you made you said you know it's edgy kind of thing yeah which i don't know is as much what they're going for i i think they are actually going for truth to the character like i think ryan reynolds is actually getting his way in this that this should be a real deadpool movie um and like uh, i get i get that deadpool is probably like supposed to say things like i'm gonna go touch myself yes now. he's very yeah. teenage humor kind of jokey in the comic books he also talks to the reader a lot oh. like like breaks fourth wall all the time so some of those jokes in the trailer where he was looking directly at the camera and saying something mm-hmm. is actually like a, a complete throw to the comic which is he does that all the time he'll show up like outside of panels in the comic they do really crazy things with him he's a, he's a very weird character so he's like he's like the zach morris of comic book characters yeah sort of yeah yeah, yeah sure uh <laughs> but he he he's like the wise he's the merc with the mouth he's wise cracking and all that no that is in the trailer because he says i'm the merc with the mouth and they didn't show my so my mouth shut or something like mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a crack on the previous movie they're literally just doing whatever they want but it is it's super bloody uh, the other big milestone for this trailer is that this is the first superhero movie that's rated r oh oh uh, yeah. okay yeah Put that in your pipe so that's interesting i never really realized that i guess yeah so they never make superhero movies rated r because that would prevent kids from seeing them and a any crack at deadpool that isn't rated R would honestly come off like a Wolverine movie, which is why is a guy with huge claws stabbing people and there doesn't appear to be any blood coming out. Uh, you uh, know, so kind it's kind of like not, not very genuine to do a Deadpool. Yeah. It would have come movie. off wrong. Yeah. 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 So I, I think this is actually kind of neat and sort of oh, interesting. Real, real quick, not just to interject something yeah. meaningless. Did you know Expendables three is also PG 13? Is it really? I don't think there why? is a drop of blood like in the entire film. But like, and what kid needs to see? No kid is going to see Expendables three. Are they? I have no idea. And people people die in that film like left and right. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> That's like nobody in the movie has a name tag. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, like even the main characters are quote expendable, right? So <laughs> That's ridiculous. Uh, but but I realized that like while I was watching the film, like people are getting shot left and right, yeah. not a drop of blood. Yeah. So in, in this trailer, you just saw three guys get their heads blown off like in a row and there's plenty of blood there's so there's a scene that leaked um a while ago from the sort of uh uh it wasn't previs but it was it was a cg rendering of what they thought a deadpool movie could be and that scene in the car is is from that uh sort of storyboarding oh that's cool like one of the scenes from the one in the car that they didn't show in the trailer and it may just have not made it to the movie, but this is very Deadpool is that that scene where he puts his hands up in the window um, before the guys are going to all shoot him or whatever. Mm -hmm. He's like, Hey, 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 I believe in the other trailer, he had a guy's head on his sword and he stuck it up above the window and started fake talking with it. (laughs) (laughs) And this is just like, this is the kind of stuff. This is what he does. This is Deadpool. So I thought it was actually kind of interesting that they they appear to be making an actual Deadpool movie. And and if you haven't watched the trailer yet, you should go watch it because it is pretty funny and kind of different for a, a superhero movie yeah uh so we'll seems see. refreshing almost it does after watching trailer after trailer for that god awful looking fantastic four movie that i do not want to watch oh man i'm gonna go oh, see man. it anyways i don't know why i just know i will but like i'm it, and i'm not like a shit on it first kind of person it's just looking really bad <laughs> it does not look I mean, good 
I kind of get, I mean, I kind of get sort of the plight of the comic book fan with these, with these films, you know, because I, um, I, I finally read some of those comics from free comic book day. Right. Um, especially the ones that deal with like the Marvel universes. And I see all these characters together that like in the movie universe, like are never together. Right. right? For, for like legal, legal yeah, like licensing Avengers reasons. Spider-Man or whatever. And you're like, wait, yeah. Yeah. Or like, there. um, you know, the, uh, fantastic four, like characters from fantastic yeah. four, we're hanging out with like other characters from other worlds. And it's yeah. just like, Oh, they're actually all in the same world, yeah. but not, not in the movies. Cause it can't be right. Yeah. And like I, f- I understand why that pains people so much now because it just like doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because my my gripes with Fantastic Four were not early. Like early on, I was like, whatever, they're gonna do another one. Like maybe maybe it can be good. I don't know. And then you know they cast like Johnny Storm is a uh, is a uh, black guy in the movie, and he's white in the comics. You know, he's he's Sue Storm's brother and. And it's like everybody blew up about that, and I was like, "Well, I don't really like it's a comic book. I'm already okay with them flying around and being made of fire. Like it's, <laughs> I can be fine with whatever race he is. I don't care." Yeah, sure. But the more I've been watching the trailers, I'm just like, "What is this story? <laughs> like it looks not good, but who knows? I don't know." Anyways, go watch the Deadpool trailer, and we'll all cry about Fantastic Four later. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so Ash is not here. Because he is in Germany right now. Yeah. How yeah, crazy that's is awesome. that? That's incredible. I'm sure he's eating all kinds of weird, weird meats and things. And <laughs> weird meats. <laughs> I don't know. He, he, he had a picture of something like a pizza, pizza cone rolled up with like meat inside of it or something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's over there and, um, so there's lots of, lots of things like I can't, I, I don't think I can get a handle on how massive that convention is. Like, um, I think it eclipses the ones that we have over here. It's sort of like SDCC where you just kind of like nudge your way through the crowds. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, probably relevant to our interests is, uh, you know, the Xbox press conference that they had over there. Yeah. So, something that I'm really excited about is Quantum Break. Uh, so this is from one of Rabbit. your favorite developers, right? Yeah, so Remedy made the original two Max Payne games as well as uh Alan Wake and now this is their new their new jam which is uh Quantum Break. And so um you can kind of see uh with this pedigree that they are really interested in doing things with like time manipulation. Yeah. And so like that also seems to be the case in this game. So they actually showed some um gameplay footage uh in the latest trailer for quantum break and it actually reminds me a lot of uh there was a game that sort of came out like in the sweet spot of the 360 development cycle or you know the last generation console cycle where um you know like all those like kind of double a first person shooter games were coming out and one of them was a game that dealt with time manipulation i think it was called like time shift yeah yeah and so in that game i mean something like that yeah we talked about it it was like one of those it's you know like that was in in a time where like all of these games are coming out and like uh it was hard to tell the good ones apart from like the not good ones unfortunately just because of like just because they all come out together um but this one you know seems similar to that in the sense that the the character's abilities revolve around uh the manipulation of time and what we saw in the gameplay trailer was that time was being manipulated sort of on a uh, large scale as well as on smaller scale events. So 
what it looked like is we saw the main character um, is like, you know, like a third person shooter, which is like pretty standard for Remedy. But the, the main character also seemed to have this ability to throw out like little time vortexes that either attacked enemies or could be used like locally to protect uh, the character himself. So like as bullets would be coming in, he could like flash the time vortex and then catch all the bullets and get to safety. And then it also looked like there were sequences where he could stop sort of like the area Mm-hmm. and then move around and do some things and then continue the combat. So um, I'm pretty stoked for any any game like that. I'm really interested in like those kinds of like time manipulation games because I feel like they open up a lot of uh, interesting possibilities for combat in like a third-person cover-based shooter. Yeah. Um, the thing that is not entirely clear to me is that there is also going to be some sort of tie-in with a live-action television show yeah. that like comes with the game and stars the same characters that appear in the game including uh, Sean Ashmore, who I think is uh, like Iceman, right? From the X-Men. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, they showed a trailer for that too, but it was very short. And uh, I don't know. It all seems pretty cool, even though I don't fully understand how the game and the TV show go together. But I'm sort of amazed uh, at how quick uh, games are looking good in this new generation. It feels like they're they're caught on very quickly this time to make something look nice. I guess it's probably easier, but, you know. Yeah, I agree. And... um, you know, because the game does look good. Like, it, even you know, I think it's a smaller development team too. It's not you know, uh, rock study by any means, but it's still yeah. a good looking game. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, and I feel like maybe I'm selling it short by just going like, oh, it's a third person cover based shooter with like yeah. time manipulation. I'm <laughs> sure there is like way more going on in that game than just that. I'm sure it'll have a killer story too. I mean, Remedy. Yeah good at that so right they you know like with max Payne, like the those first two games had some really kind of like out there no war stories yeah and obviously alan wake was pretty uh spectacular too with its whole like kind of twin peaks kind of thing going on yeah um but really i think this whatever's going on with this tv show like i trust them you know as a developer i feel like uh what they're doing uh whatever it turns out to be it'll be good yeah i'm really excited for it so so I think uh, one of the other kind of big, um, it wasn't a single announcement, but it, it kind of I think is a, a push for Microsoft in general is, hey, do you like Windows 10? Uh, because <laughs> it seems to be they're trying to get it all in one everywhere. Uh, you know, yeah. Windows 10 is going to be on the Xbox. You can start streaming uh, your PC games, right, from Windows 10 to your Xbox? Uh, they, I think that's something that they're still working still on. Working so, on. Like currently... I mean, what what will eventually happen is that you will be able to stream your Xbox games to your Windows to 10 Windows, machine. Yeah, the other way. And I think they're working on doing PC to Xbox, which is sort of like what you know the Steam right. Steam uh, system does currently. And then a full overhaul of the dashboard, right? Yeah. So I think the way that it works is that the uh, the the second like virtual engine or whatever, like the one that allows you to run apps like side by side with your game experience is running like a windows 8 core and so they're going to update that core to windows 10 which um you know to the user it's going to result in a new interface that's similar to the uh to the current xbox app that shipped with windows 10 uh, a couple of weeks ago which is which is really cool and has a bunch of great features but i think more importantly what that's going to mean is that it's going to be easier for developers to create applications that are runnable on windows 10 and on the xbox so uh there is a possibility that you will see sort of like more apps and content coming because honestly like 
um, you know, there are some things that are not on Xbox One. Like, there's no Yahoo Screen app, and there's right. no, there's no like HBO Now app, for example. So, you know, yeah. you know, whatever the size of this user base is, it like it is not at the point where it seems to have any kind of like significant priority, at least at this stage in time, for certain apps to come out. You know, think, for the system. I think that that you know, the Roku's and the Apple TVs are just still so embedded Dominant, everywhere yeah. that mm-hmm. while Xbox is gigantic, you know, and PlayStation's gigantic, it's not of a scale of that kind of gigantic. So Yeah, I think we I think we lose sight sometimes of like Yeah. You know, gaming is huge, obviously, but in the scope of Like the three sixty you know, is feasibly too big to ignore. Like the three sixty is yeah. install base is, is large. So yes. developers kind of can't ignore that platform. But the one in the PS four, I mean how many houses have they said they've they've installed in now it's i don't know the exact numbers but i don't feel like it's it's still minimal compared to the the millions upon millions of apple tv and roku users like it's insane how many houses those cheap devices are in you know yeah i mean after like for example after hbo go finished its exclusivity period with uh apple tv like the first thing it came to was like amazon fire tv right And you know, Android, so like, is it on Google yet? Did they go to Chromecast and all that? I, too? I think I think it went to Chromecast too, right? So you can see like that's a really strange path. Like yeah. it didn't go to like it didn't go to Roku. It didn't go to PlayStation, Xbox. Like it went to something else, which been, is like there might have been some cash marketing. Too, yeah, cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, but you know, but still, the the point stands is that when you have the same experience across multiple devices it becomes then easier for developers and for users to kind of like get involved in the ecosystem i guess if that makes any sense so that's exciting so another big thing that i think you'll be excited about um that i thought was surprising to me i didn't think this Mm -hmm. is where they were headed at all is they're installing a dvr for your tv into your xbox that will let you record free-to-air tv stuff so if you have a tuner You'll be able to DVR programs on the fly and watch them later, and supposedly even watch them download or stream them to any other Windows 10 device. That's crazy. I mean, it really just seems like they're turning the Xbox One into a PC. Yeah. You know, which is like I'm not upset about that. Right. And that's probably something that they've, you know, the, Microsoft has been working on that forever. Right. right. With a yeah. It was like that web TV thing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. You know, like this whole concept of like owning your owning your entertainment, but um. You know, to that point, like I have, I do have the uh, over-the-air tuner adapter for the Xbox One with an antenna hooked up to it, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. Like, because I can use the One Guide, obviously, which is really cool. Better than using like the the little like twenty dollars tuner box that you had to buy at uh, like you know Target or something. Like when they first switched to digital signal, uh-huh. and uh, currently with with that system, you can do you know it's got like pause and play functionality, but the the DVR for that is only a half an hour and it's obviously you can't record. You can just pause TV for up to a half an hour and then resume. So, I mean, to be honest with you, like is like the DVR functionality is cool and I'm not going to like be upset that I have it, but sort of in the cord cutting age of like on demand programming, like, is it really super essential to to have that functionality think about you could record a football game that's on over the air you could record yeah that's like there's there's other things and i think that you know the we talked about it before the big drawback of something like sling is that while it's useful and the idea that you can channel surf and watch we've become very dependent on our dvrs and on the ability to watch something on hulu whenever we want so Mm -hmm. now it's like 
you want that option of surfing, but you also want to just record the latest thing that's going to be on or whatever. So we'll see. I, I think, I think, you know, I will, um, yeah. also this would mean you can fast forward commercials, which Hulu doesn't let you do. So, uh, yeah, I will tell you what's cool about that from, from a sort of a bizarro perspective is that like, if, uh, if you've ever been in a situation where you're sort of forced to rely on the antenna for your entertainment, um, sometimes there's like some interesting stuff on those like weird, like non mainstream channels, like the ones that are like on like the second and third bands of like yeah, your main, yeah. like channel 2.2 or whatever, like those channels that play like old stuff. Like I found one that, uh, you know, like in Orlando that plays like episodes of the Drew Carey show. And I was like, Oh, like, I haven't watched that show in forever. <laughs> so it's like, Cleveland all of a rocks, watching, man. yeah, Cleveland rocks. So I was such a, you know, watching Drew Carey again. So, uh, yeah. I mean, those, those, uh, you know, there could be a place for the, for that kind of thing, especially for those like bizarro channels that that air movies like for no reason. You're yeah. like, oh, cool, yeah. free I think movie. It's cool. Yeah. I think um, I think if you're stuck with a shitty old cable box that can barely DVR anything, and you want to port that over to your gigantic drive, I feel like that would. I assume they're going to allow you to do that as well. Hey, that's a good point too. Like, if you're in the camp of like, why do we still have a, a Cisco DVR from like 1999 yeah. as our is our box that we play a monthly fee for, and you can just move to this, uh, move to an Xbox One that has state-of-the-art interface and functionality. Like, yeah. hey, why not? So it could be interesting. I don't know. Their play, their play for the living room is is big. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, we'll fly through a couple of these others. Uh, uh, future backwards compatible compatibility for all games with gold, including 360, meaning that essentially we're going to get four games per month. It sounds like yeah. I mean, honestly, I do feel like at some point they will phase out games with gold for Xbox 360. Of course, yeah. But that being said, in the meantime, yeah, I I think you're right. I think I think at least until the end of the year they're going to do two and two. Um, I don't think this kicks in until November though. But but yeah, I mean, even if it's two months, even if we get four extra games, it's a thing that that we didn't have before, and yay, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I think that they say November because I, I think that the backwards compatibility is still in preview and it won't actually be publicly available until November. Yeah, and I'm actually thinking that that's probably around the same time that the that the Xbox will be updated to Windows 10, so it might just be like an entire launch, like a whole new of, thing. Yeah. yeah, new feature, new dashboard, and features for for the holiday, which will be really compelling. And uh, then the last uh, thing that I thought was worth us talking about is they surprise announced a Halo Wars 2. Did you ever play Halo Wars? Was that like a the top-down? Top-down strategy RPG. No, I didn't. Have you played? I never uh, played that I played one. a tiny, tiny bit originally, but um, I could see myself plunking time down into a new SRPG because those were like kind of my jam for a long time. So, Yeah, that's cool. I mean, think of it this way. Here's a different way. Like If you're like, oh... Uh, you know, real-time strategy on console might not be in my bag, but think of it this way: like we're going to start to see more games that are going to come out, f- probably for both. Yeah. Right. So you could see a game like Halo Wars Two, which is very conducive to like a mouse and keyboard interaction. Uh, something like that could actually come out for Windows 10 and Xbox One, making that game sort of more accessible to you know a larger audience, which would be really exciting. It would, yeah. Yeah. Um, so jumping out of Xbox World and into other gaming companies, um, EA had a couple of awesome announcements, including uh, new Mirror's Edge footage. Did you see it? I don't, man, like it's like Star Wars. I don't need to see it. <laughs> like I heard about it, and I was like, well, I'm still, still buying this it's game. Gorgeous, like, man. It's so gorgeous. It's ridiculous. I mean that like the soundtrack to the original game like gives me chills still. Yeah. So I think like I'm already on board. You know. 
And then speaking of Star Wars, uh, dogfight mode in Battlefront. You're going to be able to fly things like Millennium Falcon and TIE Fighters and X-Wings. That's kind of ridiculous. That's great. It's all great. They said something like uh, 20-player. 20-player aerial dogfights. That's cool. I wonder, I mean, uh, I don't know. I didn't get to see the footage, but I wonder if you'll be able to like jump in and out of the vehicles to get into combat because there was, I think it was in Star Wars Battlefront 2, you had the ability to basically like, uh, you know, there was like space battles. And so you could get in your ship, like fly it over to the enemy's uh, Star Destroyer or whatever, yeah. get off of your ship and run around and start blowing stuff up and then like jump back on your ship and fly away and then get into a dogfight on the way. Yeah, I don't know so, too many details. I don't know if it's going to be like a whole game mode that you're in for, you know, 30 minutes or if it, I know that you mm-hmm. can jump in and out of vehicles just like any Battlefront game, but I don't know if this specific 20 player dogfight mode is going to be like a mode, you know. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, I guess the thing that made it different, you know, from Battlefield or yeah, from Battlefield is that you basically had the ability to fly into space. I think there actually was a game where you could fly in and out of planets. Yeah. Uh, but that may have been a Vita game, and it may have been, like, hacked together with a loading screen. So, yeah. Uh, it'll, I mean, it'll still be interesting to see. Like you said, you you know, you played it, and it's it's what you want it to be. <laughs> yeah, it's like everybody keeps asking me, like, oh, you played it, what'd you think? And I'm like, well, like, it's the biggest... It, it was, like, great because it was what I wanted it to be, but it wasn't anything that was, like, so mind-blowing that you're, like, you know... But it wasn't mind blowing because my expectations are already very high and they met them. <laughs> like it's like yeah, yeah. I can't ask for more than that. That's great, you know. Um, and then moving out of Gamescom uh, territory and into another gigantic game announcement, I guess for you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh geez. Uh, EA announces two things basically: Dragon Age Inquisition goes into the vault, so you can play if you are an EA Access member now, right? Yes. So you can pick up Dragon Age Inquisition for essentially what I count as free or the cheapest subscription that exists, which is $30 a year to play any they, EA I mean, game. They they very smartly priced the vault in a way that's like, how could you not pay? Yeah. You know, that's the mental yeah. mental process is like, it's $30 for an entire year. And it's yeah. like, how could you not? And like Titanfall's in there now, I guess, is what I just read, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, for I mean, for us, I mean, I, I know like not all of our listeners are interested in sports games, but yeah, if you are like the type of sports gaming fan that's like casual and doesn't need to play the game on the day it comes out, there's basically a sports game from every genre that EA makes in the vault, at least some version of it. Yeah, as well as like a UFC game, a Need for Speed game, uh, Plants vs Zombies, now Titanfall, Dragon Age. Dragon Age they just, they just literally dropped a 900 hour game into the free vault that you can play out of. Like, yeah, insanity. I know, right? And you basically, and basically, any once you're a subscriber, anything you buy on Xbox One uh, that EA makes, including DLC, you get 10% off. Yeah. Uh, so, like, if you, you know, the Dragon Age Inquisition DLC will probably be 10% off if you're an EA Access member. Yep. If you buy, uh, you know, treasure chests, like those, like, uh, Spectre packs that we used to buy, like if you buy those in Dragon Age Inquisition, 10% off, same idea with the premium currency. And then um, they can elect to make certain games available to uh, people for demo purposes. You basically get to demo the full version of the game up to a week in advance. And I think if you pre-order Star Wars, you'll be able to play that a week ahead of time on Xbox One if yeah. you're an EX member, which is crazy. It's crazy. 
it's like the the price is too compelling and like i think it's it a fantastic really deal. is uh i think it's pretty amazing but so yep. along with that they announced new dlc and it's called the descent and so that i don't sound like an idiot trying to explain this thing i was gonna let scott go through what yeah, the I'll descent actually best. is I'm, i mean admittedly i'm i'm more of a mass effect person than a dragon age person but i did play through the through all of the games and you know what this appears to be is that it appears to be a journey back into the deep roads uh which was a place that you visited in the first game uh i mean and the second game too but um i feel like some people are sort of divided on their on their like or dislike of the deep roads (laughs) because it's it kind of like has like a very uh traditional dungeon crawling kind of feel where it's like you're just kind of wandering uh these uh these uh like tunnels and things and like sometimes it looks looks a little samey like i remember because i i played the first one recently and it's just like you kind of wander around you're like oh my god where am i what's going on you know Um, it does look very more contained dungeony this this dlc specifically i mean this is uh, we're we're in next gen you know what i mean and uh the thing that i will say you know if you if you're like you hear deep rose and you're like oh i'm not so sure the thing that i will say is that in the last dlc um, the map that they designed for that particular piece of DLC, I thought was one of the best maps in like any kind of open world game that I'd ever played on in terms of like the way that they had different, like different areas, like felt very distinct from one another in sure. a way that I thought some of the maps in the uh, core dragon age inquisition game did not like, there were a few maps in DAI that were just like, it's a desert and you're like, all right, <laughs> And then, like they added like a lot of verticality to, uh, Ooh, to the to the environment. Word. Yeah, verticality. Yeah, like there were, yeah, there were like these like little Ewok style like tree. I'm definitely talking to Scott, not Ash, right now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm and I'm so tired too. And uh, and uh, yeah, I just thought that the map was so spectacular that they were able to do so much with it in terms of like packing in quests and stuff. That like, if you hear deep roads and you get nervous because you're like had a maybe like not an awesome experience, I would say don't let that deter you from being able to enjoy yeah. uh, more more content for trailer, DAI because I think good. I think it'll be exciting. Yeah, the trailer looked good. Yeah, I, I mean, it looks cool exciting. Looking. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, and that's coming out soon. It's going to be like very soon, as in uh, next week, uh, I think on August 11th. And I think they said Inquisition is in the vault now. Like they basically yeah. like, it's there, you can go pick it up, and DLC next week kind of thing. So basically, if you were to download Inquisition and start playing right now, you'll and you didn't <laughs> stop, you might be able to complete it by the time... <laughs> you might make it with, to the DLC. <laughs> yeah, it, oh yeah, if you play through the game, plus Jaws of Hacken, then you, you if you start right now, you might be able to <laughs> complete everything before the Descent launches uh, next Tuesday. So. <laughs> yeah, no breaks. So there you go. Don't yep, need, no breaks. No bathroom. Yep. Awesome. Well, let's take a a quick break and come back and talk about Nemesis games. Sweet. This is Commander Shepard. You're listening to the Rated NA Podcast, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. You want to talk about Nemesis games? What did I just say? You want to talk about Nemesis games? <laughs> I, I do in a very safe kind of way. Okay, so here's who dies. Uh... <laughs> oh! <No. laughs> 
And then do you Snape, think anybody literally just was like, "Stop"? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because you, you, I think you've converted just about all of our listener Dude. base to to expanse fandom. Here's the thing: I don't feel like uh, the sales like I don't feel like I sell a lot of things to people in general. So mm-hmm. I feel like when I do sell something, it means that I really do enjoy this thing, you know. And these books, like, what I keep trying to tell everybody is, like, this is not Game of Thrones. This is not that kind of thing. This is a well-thought-out world with really great characters and a, like, really fun narrative inside of it. Um, and that is, like, plenty for me, you know? like I feel I'm, like there are, like, some cautionary tales built into this world as well. Oh, for sure. You know? but any good sci-fi mirrors current reality and future tech, right? Like, any good sci-fi can yeah. say you know, yes, you're reading about Belters and Martians and Earthers, but really, you know, this we could yeah. be talking about India, China, and America right now. Like, we could right. be talking about the Middle East and, uh, you know, tensions with Israel. Like, there's things that they kind of bring into these things that, that make sense and I think work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then on top of that, they talk about the dangers of, you know... Uh, uh, outer travel too quickly and like what can happen politically and like it's it's very interesting to me that they they pull off some of the stuff they pull off but um so nemesis games is the fifth in the series from the expanse uh i think before we were like we don't know how many books it's going i have a feeling now and if i remember that what they told me it's it's i think nine is what they're aiming at man that is crazy so the sixth book already has a release date for 2016 (laughs) Like Jeez. they've already announced a release date for it. They were already working on it. I think when we talked to them, they had already started uh, the beginnings of it. Um, and this was like literally weeks after uh, Nemesis Games had come out, and they were in the you know depths of writing the TV or being involved in the TV show. Uh, and uh, I'm going to say this now because I think they said I could. Uh, the second season, while not greenlit yet, is already moved into writing production for the show so awesome yeah awesome so this is gonna be good but we're here to talk about nemesis games so i'm gonna spoil everything ready <laughs> no i wouldn't um it, th- what i wanted to say about the book kind of the short review so it's the fifth book in the series um the series is about uh the pre-first contact world you know we've talked about this before it's about pre-first contact so it's kind of about this uh crew of people who are tightly knit like a family traveling through space and sort of get thrust into the middle of some of the worst things that happen essentially over and over again <laughs> yeah. uh, from book to book. And what I think is really amazing that they've done um, with this sort of group, uh, you know, which it, there are characters that sort of come in and out of the story is the scenarios really never feel samey same uh, from book to book. So yeah, it, they really do move you from location to location. They they really take you from like one uh, holy shit moment to another in a different book, and they'll be totally different holy shit moments. But they're so great every time they happen. Um, and the fifth book feels a little different from that. Um, it starts off differently. Uh, I even thought book four was a little different than books one, two, and three, or at least it, I mean. F- Four. It feels different so far where I am. So, but they they do have a pattern. Um, and I God, I really don't. This isn't. So, be very clear. I'm not going to spoil anything. I will talk around every spoiler as well as I possibly can. Uh, 
this isn't spoilery. I just hope this doesn't like break. Sometimes when you don't notice something, like it's great, <laughs> you know. And then when oh. somebody, some jerk, comes along and says it, then you're like, oh, like, and then it clicks, kind of. I don't think. I mean, I is... fully noticed it, but I, I, I will let you go ahead and say I what you want to say. I don't think this is too bad. Yeah, um, they have a sort of pattern of uh, low, high, low in every book. So every book. Mm. Um, while well, all books have an arc, you know, like clearly there's appears to follow a pretty, a pretty steep bell curve of when the action is going to ramp up, it ramps up, you know, like mm-hmm. it's not this like smooth, Hey, we're all walking down this path together, you know, like, it's yeah. like, it's almost like hitting a hockey stick, you know, uh, and depending on where you are in book four, it, it does follow that pattern in, in a way that feels familiar to the other three books. Um, Mm-hmm. Not the first one necessarily, but maybe two and three. Yeah. Um, the fifth book, I don't feel like is like that at all. So the fifth book, um, again, not spoiling anything, starts out differently because uh, some of the cast of characters that you're used to actually uh, split up. They're not together. So they're not inside of the ship traveling around. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, and it is a very different take. I think I even said that in the interview when we were talking to them. It's a very different, it's it's jarring almost because you've become so used to this sort of family and now everybody's like everywhere and you're kind of like trying to put that together um, and how that works, you know? And it's, it's very weird. It makes you feel sort of isolated with the characters. It, it gives you a very weird feeling while you're reading. It's uncomfortable, but uncomfortable in I think a really great way that makes the book feel a lot f- like very fresh. Um, from the other books because I do feel like the, you know, the, one of the only minor flaws that I would really give the books in the first four is that the entry point of each book takes a few chapters before you really start getting hooked into what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <clears throat> so you'll start every book and every book you're kind of like, okay, you know, where, where like are who, we? And, who are these characters? Yeah. You know? Who are yeah. these people? Where are we? And when am I going to figure out what the hook is? Um, and, and that always seems to take a little time in each one of their books. I don't think to, to their detriment. It's just, that's just kind of how the flow of the books would work. And this book, because it's so off putting, like straight up from the start, it is, uh, it is almost immediately engrossing. And then I will say, if you've watched any of the Twitter conversation and it's between me, uh, Kate, uh, Chris, uh, who's at Cloglip and somebody just joined in the other day. I don't remember who it was. Uh, think one of chris's friends possibly i don't remember but oh cool she joined in too was like talking like all of a sudden everybody like uh who oh paper by the ton joined in at one like, oh ness yeah ness joined in yeah there was a bunch of us just like on twitter because i keep kind of like like holy shit like i don't spoil anything on twitter but i'm like oh my god <laughs> like what is happening yeah. right now you're gonna have to start using uh what is that that rot 13 to yeah yeah rot 13 <laughs> encrypt uh, your conversations yeah but it is um this book is is off-putting in a way that that like a lot of us were like holy shit and we were trying to guess what was going to happen and i don't feel like uh not that i haven't tried to guess what was I, i've done that in every book they have but this was so off-putting that i none of what i expected is what ended up playing out which was amazing um oh okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. It, it was it was to a degree that i was just like like some of what i expected sort of did just because i had sort of like almost character standards for them like i there's Mm. no way this character would do this you know and kate and i actually had like concerns where we talked about it and uh and uh it was it the book just really uh, like 
pulled it together in a really great way and more impressively than that feels like uh i'm almost realizing now that i think what they're doing is putting together trilogies of stories and that would make sense this book feels like a middle book towards the end of it for what will be book six um and if that's the case i think that's amazing and totally fine with me uh yeah that's exciting it's that's good really that, awesome yeah it's like nice that they have confidence in their own books to be able to be like hey we're gonna end this this way and we feel like you're gonna still enjoy it enough to come back for the sixth book because this is we're clearly setting things up for you you know like we are definitely putting things in place so that this can be you know an epic kind of like tale through the next book so yeah well that's great so yeah i i don't know how many how many episodes now i have recommended the expanse (laughs) it's well i mean by this point (laughs) yeah by this point it's like you you gotta gotta get with the program you know like it's just yeah you're gonna get left behind the tv show looks phenomenal the books are are all of them incredible and not difficult reads very easy great narratives to read great cast of characters a wonderfully thought out world uh like in-depth thought out world where you feel like even when you get into a new book and they mention something new you can almost relate it based off where it is and who inhabits it like it's it's so well done that you you aren't even questioning like the the mythos around different areas you know which is crazy mm-hmm. um and and the political intrigue i think is great and done well enough to not be an avalanche of political things that you have no relation to so uh yeah just pick it up nemesis games is wonderful so if you haven't started the series go back and start if you if you fell off after book three um or maybe if you felt like book four like i said in the beginning was a little dry trying to get back into that series i think it's because these are kind of uh encapsulated trilogies and the fourth book was basically a new start to you know this new trilogy that they're working on so yeah that that would totally make sense if that's true and i'm excited for that i mean now that you've said that so yeah. that's cool yeah it's yeah. it's great so so read them do some yeah reading. have we have you did you guys do my audible pick last week that i recommended mm, no Question i think mark? i mean it might be it might be weird to end the show with like another another read but uh Go for it. um but reading but is either way it reading is fundamental but uh, you know, we, I don't think we've talked about Audible in a while. And we, you know, obviously, as another way to support the show, you can go to audibletrial.com slash rated NA. And if you uh, sign up, you can get a free audiobook with Audible and help support the podcast. But uh, that being said, um, all of these books are available. Yeah. Uh, all of the Expanse novels are available on Audible. Um, Along with, uh, you know, like in the reader, the reader for the books is really good. Uh, I know that the there's a different reader for book four. Oh, really? And the the and I, I haven't been listening to it because I'm afraid to. The original reader comes back for book five, as far as I know, which huh. is cool. Um, something I wanted to recommend. I had two recommendations for other things that you could pick up on Audible in addition to the Expanse. Actually, three things. Um, I recently discovered that uh, Patrick Weeks's Palace Job is oh, on oh, Audible. Awesome. Yeah, which is cool. That book and then, is great. Everybody should read yes, that book. Yes, and he, I think uh, there are two books, and I think a third one is on the way yeah. So in, yeah. in that series. Um, uh, what was the other one? Also, I am listening to The Martian. Have you started The Martian yet? I haven't. No, Kate recommended it last week. And yeah, I it's, another, it's another book that's going to be She uh, said it was sort of nerd bro-y, but it was still good. 
Yeah, I heard. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. I remember. I heard what Kate said uh, about the Martian. And yes, the main character is kind of like he's kind of like a jokey guy, but yeah. in a kind of corny way sometimes. Uh, so I don't really understand how that. I, I mean, I, I, I'm only halfway through the book, so I don't know if that has something to do with like the way his character like resolves what's happening in the story, you know, like some of her feelings some, about it or, or the joke, not her feelings, but why the character is the way that he right. is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah like, I don't know if that has like some larger impact later on in the book. I'm, I'm literally like halfway through, yeah. through listening to it. I'll but, probably pick um, it up after the SNL book. So, yeah, I mean, I would recommend it. And even like what I have experienced so far in just half the book, um, I'm thinking like would make a really compelling movie, um, which yeah. is, you know, which a thing that's, out. <laughs> I think that's going to happen. Exactly. And, uh, I, I think that's it. I know that, um, Oh, I remember what my, my other pick was is that I recently discovered just by poking around that it would appear as if there's going to be like a radio style dramatization of, um, lock and key, the graphic novels oh, that are like yeah, yeah, you were talking phenomenally yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're doing a some kind of like radio production style, like uh, they ca- call it like an ensemble cast reading of, mm-hmm. um, of Lock and Key, and uh, one of the readers is Tatiana Maslani, who is uh, you know Orphan Black, yeah, which is exciting. So uh, and that appears from what I have seen from looking at Audible, it appears to be free uh, for Audible subscribers. Um, uh, the book is in pre-order right now, and I think like until a certain amount of time in the next month or so, you can pre-order this book for free and get it for free when it is actually released, That's which crazy. is insane. Yeah, this is a full book. It's like twelve hours or something, right? Yeah. So, and it's lock and key, and it's Tatiana Maslany. So I don't. It's all of you know these what things. I mean. Like, <laughs> like how can it be free? I don't understand how it's free, but it is. Um, you know, another great. You know, there's also like stuff like armada and i think you know like a bunch of great um i have not dipped my toe into the armada yeah i'm 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 afraid i mean it's on my list uh but anyways anyways i just named a bunch of really great books you can get on audible if you can help us out it's audibletrial.com slash rated na obviously ties into the expanse and all the stuff we love there the reader's really good and if you were to pick any like let's say you've read all of the expanse books already and you're like oh i just want to pick one to read on audible it would be um uh i think it's uh calipin's work with with uh avasarla oh yeah oh because she just cusses a storm up his his reading of her character is like like he really uh brings her to life like in the reading of the book (laughs) and like just makes me love that character even more and like i really just want like a like a one-off novel of of just her you know they do like the short stories yeah yeah they need to do like a short like you know, two or three hour kind of thing, like just about her. I feel like that would be, that would <laughs> I'm be excited. They put her into season one, even though it's just book one, which didn't really is she in it. Oh yeah. She's, she's in, in it from the pilot. Oh wow. Fantastic. Yeah. They, they wrote a, a story specifically for her for season one because they wanted the character. I have a feeling they knew they could lock down the actress and they, and I think they also knew that fans love her. So they're like, yes. let's just get her in the first season just in case. And uh, that's fantastic. So she's got her own brand new story. Although her intro in the pilot is the intro from the book, um, which is book two, which is different. Oh. But but they said the storyline that she's going to have is is brand new. So that's fantastic. I'm excited. Cool. Yeah. Well, this is all good news. Well, I think um, I think we just did a successful show, right? We did it without yeah, Ash. Cool. We don't need no yeah. stinky Ash. 
Yeah, Ashless Chats Part 2. Ashless Chats. I totally forgot about Ashless <laughs> yeah. Chats. Yeah, there you go. Oh, the man. Return, return of the Ashless Chats. Oh, there's the title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, uh, so that was episode uh, number 211 of Rated and A, the podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. You can find us on yeah. social media at nerdappropriate on Twitter, Facebook slash nerdappropriate. And uh, what am I forgetting? You can email us. What's our email? We have an email, right? So we, you can email us personally at Matt, Ash, and Scott at nerdappropriate.com, or you can email nerds at nerdappropriate.com, and we'll all get it. Yeah. A and simple I think, way for you, us to, for you to CC us all. Yep. And then uh, PAX is right around the corner. And it we'll is. Be, uh, it's just Scott and I holding down the fort for PAX. Yeah. But we'll be on uh we'll be on the Instagram. We're active on Instagram when we're at conventions, so that's uh also nerd appropriate on Instagram. Yeah. So be and sure if, to follow uh, us there. If you we do an annual pre PAX party of sorts. Not a party, but that's what it got named. Um and uh we're doing it again. We're trying to lock down the location, but there was a uh, form to fill out if you'd like to come. It's really just for headcount and almost nothing else, but uh uh, we will tweet it out again so that you can sign up if you haven't yet and let us know you're coming so that we can get a good head count and have funds. Sweet. Not funds well, with it a was, D, uh, but fun, fun with an S. Fun. Fun. Well, it was, it was nice being here. I'm glad I was able to do this. I'm glad you were too, buddy. Yeah, it's, I only had to fly fly across the country to in order to <laughs> in order to make that happen. But I'm I'm glad that I did it. We crossed paths yesterday too. I flew. Out I know. Of I I can only record in. now on the West Coast. It's <laughs> the only place I can record. Oh yeah, because you'll be all over the PAX episodes too. It'll be great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's fantastic. Miss so there you go. Week. It's nothing, man. Yeah, yeah, we'll be fine. And Kate's been doing an awesome job, so no complaints. Yeah, she's all cool. right. She's all right. <laughs> That All right. Kate. Thanks, guys. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. And we're back. Are we back? Uh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs>